T.J. Hooker is the name. But you don't have to lose any sleep wondering what the T.J. stands for. As far as you're concerned, my first name is Sergeant. There are those who believe that life here began out there. We can rebuild him. Hercules Atlas. These are their stories. Autopilot with Scott Johnson and Tom Merritt. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Autopilot. In fact, it's season three, episode 11. My name is Scott. No cane. No cane. No gain without the pain, Johnson. And I'm here with Tom, the purple stallion Merritt. That's me. I have no cane either, Scott Johnson. No cane for you, buddy. Uh, TJ no Hooker cane. time, man. <sighs> I've been Stop. excited about this one. Hooker time. Hooker time. <laughs> we were uh, we were donated the entirety of was it the whole season? Or I'm sorry, it's the whole series. I believe no. on DVD. No, it was it just no, first season? Season one. Right? Okay, season oh, one. Uh, is that right? Hold on. Series and series. Okay, I think it is just the first season. But anyway, it was donated to us by one Greg Osborne, a listener of the show who uh, I want to give giant thanks out to again this week for providing Thank it for you, us. Greg Osborne. So nice. We were able to uh, get our hands on that to finally watch it. It is, by the way, available on Amazon, uh, not Prime, but if you do there, it's, it's a rental. You can it's Amazon there. Prime, but not Amazon Prime Instant. Correct. Uh, so it is a thing you, yeah, that is true, because I had to pay for that episode if I wanted to get it out of the web. Um, and it's not airing anywhere else. I'm surprised this isn't on Netflix or some other streaming service, yeah. but it is available out there. So definitely do check it out. But we're just happy to finally get our, our Shatner on. This is directed by Cliff Bull, written by Rick, uh, Rick Husky. And, uh, it's called The Protectors. This is the pilot episode, uh, written by, uh, those, uh, written and directed by those guys I just mentioned, aired on March 13th, 1982. Oh, that date. It will be infamy with the dogs. The dogs love that date. Uh, on ABC. So uh, let's get right to the, the introduction of what's going on here. I don't know what your individual reasons are for joining the police commission's new recruitment program. But I have one reason for being here. There's a war going on out there on our streets. All right. Tell me about the war, Tom. Well, Scott Johnson, it's a war. A war. Criminals. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, a.k.a. T.J. Hooker. There you go. I told you what the Jefferson stands for. Is a veteran LCPD plainclothes detective sergeant. I think it's supposed to kind of stand for L.A. County, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's really LAPD. Sure. Uh, but they call it LCPD, I guess, to avoid lawsuits. Anyway, <laughs> he witnesses his partner's murder. Uh, Hooker decides it's time somebody rid the streets of criminals, Scott. He's assigned to put on a police uniform again and become a beat cop, training the next generation. He's often partnered with the young, hot-headed officer, Vince Romano. They may not always agree on everything, but they can agree to fight crime. You're doing all right, uh, Shatner. I've never heard you pull that off before. That's really pretty good. Not bad at all. Thanks. I think they called it LCPD, by the way, because... uh, I think that it was a very fantasy organization. No, nothing about any of it said to me, yeah, this is just like real police work works. And how well, those are work. LA, those are LA cop cars they're using and they're on the streets of Los Angeles. Yeah. Clearly. And they pretty much identify as Los Angeles. They're not trying to hide it. I think they just didn't want LAPD coming after them. Yeah. So they're like, no, it's LCPD. Sure. That's a totally different thing. Uh, well, we'll get into a bunch of that and more as we go and take a look behind the scenes. And you and I are about to have a problem because I'm your instructor here and I love 
to weed out airheads and marshmallows. Spock. Spock. <laughs> uh, airheads and marshmallows. Fantastic. It basically is like if you it's like the evil Kirk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you just get rid of all the honor and angry, well, angry drinking Kirk is what. This yeah, it's is. angry drinking Kirk. Exactly. Uh, it's not quite ISS. Kirk. I also when I go to 7-Eleven, I, I often like to get uh, my two things to walk out of there with are uh, uh, airheads and marshmallows. Yeah. Ooh, those airheads are they're light, but they're tasty. <laughs> they're not too bad. Uh, so imagine them saying, Mr. Shatner, just spout as many cliches as you can uh, in the way only you can do it, sir. Uh, and that's pretty much the opening scene. That entire <laughs> thing, that diatribe is so like Shatner on 10 uh, that I was, I knew I was in for something special when that happened. I'm like, okay. Right, because it just goes right to the Shatner. Yep, They're indeed. like, here you go, folks. Entire Enjoy. series uh, cr- uh, created by this Rick Husky guy who must have been a By the total way, thanks for not pointing out that I spelt it J-U-S-K-Y yeah, earlier. No, no problem. Time. Jusky is uh, as much as <gasps> husky, I love. Husky. 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 As the Spanish say. <laughs> As they're prone to say, uh, who later went on to serve as executive producer of Walker, Texas Ranger. I'm not surprised by this at all. That is so the lineage here. Yep. Uh, and produced by Aaron Spelling, famous for such things as, gosh, what Tori was his? Spelling. Yeah, Tori Spelling. He's famous for, <laughs> for, for that being his offspring, I suppose. And also, I think he executive produced 90210 back in the day. Did he not do Walker, Texas Ranger as well? I think he might have. He might have been involved. Good point. I think uh, Leonard did as well. Leonard Goldberg. These are these are all guys. You know, they, you could see them and Glenn Larson all having lunch somewhere. You know, this is the era of uh, of bad TV, and they were all making huge amounts of money and hanging out. Originally called The Protectors, it was meant to be a con- uh, continuation of the show The Rookies, which starred uh, or excuse me, which Rick Husky had also worked on for both Spelling and Goldberg or with for the, uh, with those guys. After the pilot was made, they decided to refocus on the show. And on Shatner's character and name it after him. So that came later. Uh, the theme music was composed by Mark Snow, as was every theme music ever written. <laughs> right. That guy, man, it's amazing. Uh, and remixed for season three to be a little bit more poppy. It, it's the most 80s soundtrack you've ever heard in your life, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it 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 just screams eighties. Yep, at you. it screams Mark Snow at you sure too. Does. Him between him and Mike Post, that's all of eighties television. Yep. Um, I I think that it was interesting to think about the fact that this was meant to be the the episode is called The Protectors, but it was supposed to be an entire series mm. called The Protectors. Uh, I think you, I prefer we, the name. To be honest, you want the truth. I like the really? Protectors. Oh, I kind of do. I think yeah. T.J. Hooker is too. Um, well, first of all, Hooker's just a dumb name, and secondly, it just smacks of oh okay shatner and and i know he's the star i get that but i think he still could have been the star and had it been called the protectors and made it more of an ensemble piece and less about him and heather locklear and that other guy yeah and heather locklear is not she's not in this episode she's not even going to be around till season two true uh richard hurd who's a regular in the in in the series is barely seen in this episode he is the consummate character actor though he was admiral paris on Star Trek Voyager, yeah, Admiral Voice mm-hmm. on Sequest, yep. and he was LaCour <laughs> on uh, the Next Generation episode Birthright. He was John on V, uh, so you probably recognize that guy. He was George's um, George's boss on Seinfeld when he worked for the Yankees. He was this, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, guy's great. Uh, he's the guy you look at and go, God, don't I know that guy? But I don't know why. That's why he's yeah. everybody. And he's that other guy whose name? Who's the guy? What's the other show he's famous for? He has the big nose in it. Um. Oh, geez. Now it's gonna piss me off and bug me. 
Those are all the the geeky shows. That's all the nerdy stuff. So if I for, if I forget a mainstream one, they'll forgive me. I know there's something else though. There's some other big thing he's on. Well, hold on. I'm opening his IMDb page, and it's and there's it's a, slower. There's probably a known for in here. That's well. Let me while while we wait for that. Uh, Herd's character, Captain Dennis Sheridan, does last 36 episodes until 1984, but his top billing is eventually taken away by James Darren's officer, Jim Corrigan, mm. who came on the scene at the end of season two, became a regular in season three. Uh, what is he known for? Planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, maybe China I'm, syndrome. I could be thinking of something else, but I was sure. Maybe it's NYPD Blue. Seinfeld is kind of one. He's been in Sequest. He Quantum was, Leap. He was in a couple episodes. He's great in Sergeant Bilko, by the way. He's fantastic in that. Simon and Simon. Been around forever. Yeah. I mean, he's been in. It's like every episode. TV show you watched. He was a, a couple episodes of Heart to Heart, for goodness sake. Yeah, Rockford Files, Kojak. He was Captain Bill Snyder on an episode of MASH. Right. Like, he's, he's he's been in everything. He was in all the President's Men, the movie, for goodness sake. Yeah, China Syndrome, a bunch of movies as well. Yeah, I, I, he's just a, he's iconic, he's cool, and you, as soon as you see him, you go, oh, that guy from A Thousand yeah, uh, Things. Maybe you're thinking of Carl Malden, because he's often confused. Oh, I am, confi- I am Are confusing you? it with Is Carl that, Malden. Because that's, that's typical. It. People do that all the time. They're like, oh, wait, no, that's Carl Malden. That's totally uh, what I'm doing. Now anyway. we do get a, a bigger look at Vince Romano, who's who's one of the regulars, uh, along with Hurd and April Clow in the first season. Adrian Zmed plays Romano. Uh, he's he's uh, been in Good Time Girls and Flatbush <laughs> as Sock Palermo up to this point. Uh, he'd also star in Grease too, but that's this is kind of the pinnacle for him. Hmm. Now I think that. Carl Malden was George's boss. Sorry, there's a rabbit hole there. No, no. Uh, uh, Heard was in. Uh, was he in Seinfeld? I, okay. Seinfeld, yeah. All right. I don't want to get it any more confused than it already is. Well, uh, yeah. let me confuse you some more because in July 2009, Scott, it was announced that TJ Hooker was set to be adapted to a movie. What? Theater movie. Chuck Russell said to be in talks to direct. Uh, the writing team of Brent Maddock and S.S. Wilson of short circuit fame. <laughs> supposed to script it uh haven't heard anything about it in the past four years though. yeah you know that'd be a they did a pretty good job of rethinking the way that um uh the johnny depp uh 21 jump street got kind of reimagined and done and they went like full-on kind of raw r-rated comedy with that and i think probably to its benefit i think more people saw it than would have it otherwise They'd and they did to, that with starsky and hutch they did it with yeah, dragnet i think that's what you do with these shows from that era i don't think you can you could get serious with knight rider i think in a film uh BSG clearly the reimagining of BSG was a far more serious affair but something like this I don't know which way you go I think you go goofy see I don't I I would rather well maybe you do because I don't know because otherwise it's just a cop movie Starsky and Hutch I would have liked to see a real like gritty 70s cop movie like I would like to see Tarantino take that on yeah no that's said they gave us a goofy comedy all right it was fine yeah I'm with you Um, there Maybe you're right about T.J. Hooker. I don't know. Hooker, I just don't know what it would be. It's just, otherwise, it's just a cop show. Like, what's the point of even having the name? You know what I mean? Like, if you're not going to go goofy, then all you're left with is a cop movie. And that, I don't know if we need any more of those. Well, that's interesting. We'll find out how that all goes in the future. But in the meantime, I'm interested in just the facts, ma'am. This is no picnic, no summer camp. Target range, classroom self-defense. We'll cover everything you had in pre-training and more. Yeah. See? <laughs> Uh, April Clow, I'm going to say is her name. I think so. Uh, she replaced, was replaced by Heather Locklear after the five episode season one. This would launch L- Locklear's career. Yeah, kind of the opposite of Zmed, huh? Yeah. Locklear takes off after this. You'll see in uh, today's rap party just how far his career went 
which is to say not very far. But uh, we'll we'll get into that a little later. The Grease 2 thing maybe is his biggest claim to fame, to be honest. I didn't realize that April Clout isn't in the pilot at all. Oh. I kept thinking like, oh, is that her? Well, no, that's not so her. So the blonde oh, the dude's hitting on the whole time, that's yeah. not her? Okay. Not her. All right. She didn't show up till the second episode. I wondered about that. Uh, the show ran from 85 on ABC and was then picked up by CBS for one more season. That was a, a strange thing back then when you'd, when you'd see a show jump networks. Yeah, it was pretty rare. Very rare. I remember Jag was another one. And I can't remember. Buffy in the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Buffy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they produced 17 90 minute episodes in a two hour TV movie. Adrian Zemed left the show and Hooker got assigned temporarily to Chicago. Oh, so, my yeah, gosh. It got all weird on CBS. That's like bringing Coy and Vance in for Bo and Luke Duke. That's just right. A, and then moving them to like Wisconsin. Yeah, that's a terrible idea. You know, Did you ever see the Enos spinoff? We should <clears> save that for a eventual. Dukes of Hazard pilot. I, I watched it then. I, remember, like, I think I watched the first episode back then and was like, Nye. I remember being excited and it was terrible. Yeah, it was it so terrible. It's like after MASH. Yeah. It's one of those Joey. Sure. Long tradition of <laughs> spinoffs that just crash and burn. Uh, you know, Bill Shatner, I call him Bill because I don't course, know him at all. You're tight. Uh, William Shatner was the only actor to appear in every episode of TJ Hooker. What? That? So, I mean, when you think about it, uh, Richard Hurd, in 1984 becomes less of a, he's not in every episode anymore. He's no longer a top character. Right. Zmed leaves in the last season on CBS and uh, Heather Locklear isn't in the first season. So there you go. Those are your four big ones. And, and, uh, and of course, uh, what's his name? Officer. What's his name? It takes kind of takes over for oh. Hertz positions. Heather Locklear's partner. Right. Um, he doesn't come until season two at all. So yeah. This is this is a Shatner vehicle. Yeah, through and through, as it Jim should Corrigan, be. Jim uh, Corrigan, James Darren. Don't forget, this is a time in Shatner's career when he is battling tooth and nail, according to his this documentary I recently saw, against his typecasting in Star Trek. He wanted so much for a new thing for him to do and be known for. Yeah, that it would supersede what he had done in Star Trek so he could stop talking about it so he could quit going to those conventions so he could just put that behind him. He's he's changed his tune now. He embraces it fully. He now. and Nimoy both went through that. They did. And yeah. why, and why wouldn't you? I mean, your entire you have all these dreams about your career. You're just in this weird sci-fi show you didn't think in. much about and you're yeah. and, and and that's just you forever. They've now embraced it and see it for the thing that it is. Well, it's, the funny thing is Shatner now is also tj hooker right right he didn't it didn't replace kirk it didn't even diminish kirk it's right. like he's kirk and tj hooker right and boston legal right it may as well, the, the, the it may as well be tiberius james hooker though as and the, the price line guy <laughs> the price line guy and then you know uh, what really his this most distinguished role is probably boston legal i mean when he went and did that that was the thing yeah. where he went oh wow look at this is a side of shatner right. we don't get so if anything he just didn't know it yet, but his his best work was yet to come. So it's funny how life works out. I just think yeah, because in a way, T.J. Hooker is a tougher, troubled Kirk, mm. right? He's a leader of men. Uh, he's 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 got to make the tough calls, right? Um, so it's it's not that much of a departure, honestly. Now, also, it, by yeah. the way, uh, New Zealanders, yes. if you don't know this already, love this. you finally get to see TJ Hooker on television for the first time starting this year, May 13th. It started to be screened on Sky Television's Jones channel. Congratulations, New Zealand. <laughs> it's hey, the, so quiet about it over there. How come we haven't heard a bunch of hubbub on Twitter and Facebook about the final coming of uh... nearly 31 years <laughs> later? T.J. Hooker comes to New Zealand. I think that's really funny. Um, all right. 
Let's get to what happened. You and that ex-jock husband of yours have been in a downhill run since he legged it for the winning score in the Rose Bowl and you shook your pom-poms on national TV. That guy's great. I loved his, his uh, not euphemisms, his metaphoric talk. That was great. Shook your pom-poms, if you know what I mean. Yeah, wink, wink, I'm saying. Wink. Pretty sexist uh, pilot. Lots of uh, ladies are subordinate to men kind of talk going on. Lots of stereotyping in the Italian direction. Lots of yeah, I uh, like the where yeah. they have the, this. This actually was fairly. I don't know if this was un nineteen eighty two, but it stuck out to me when they have the black guy say they all look alike to the Italian guy. <laughs> yeah, that was like that feels good. very modern. Like that's the kind of joke you'd see on Modern Family or something. Sure, J, uh, Chappelle would say that or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's like well, all right. Not not that there's anything like unusual about that sure. it just seemed like oh really in 82 they they, they felt a little out of time yeah felt like, i don't know all that stuff felt a little bit hard to say if it was ahead of itself or just didn't know what it was doing i yeah i kind of think it's the latter personally probably but. shorty shorts are everywhere i don't think people think straight when their shorts are that short uh anyway there was a lot of uh a lot of sexism going on in the in this episode and i just think it's um you know people always say oh you grew up in the 80s that was such a sexist time yeah, I didn't feel that way at the time, but when I look back on our cultural points like television, movies, and things, pretty clear there's some funky business going on. Well, you know what strikes me, and especially watching The Incredible Hulk last week and TJ Hooker this week back-to-back, only five years separated, and even just doing autopilot for three seasons now, it feels like the 70s is almost more current than the 80s. Yeah. Like things kind of slid back culturally speaking. I don't know. The seventies sometimes feel like they're more in tune with what we see on TV now. Maybe it's just that things go in cycles. And so it's like, oh, well, that's that's where we are now. And maybe in 10 years things will feel more like the eighties stuff feels. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. I mean, Shatner is very much that that falling down character. That he's what does he say? I've seen the past and it works. <laughs> no, it didn't. T- you want to go back to the forties with, you know poverty and racism and polio and this is this is the quintessential i miss the old days even though i forget that the old days were actually not all that good compared to the current days but that that was that was the dawning of a new america in the 80s right that was we're back again sure and we're going to put all this this hand wringing of the 60s and 70s behind it and i guess tj hooker is the the character who's supposed to be emblematic of that the sort right. of the archie bunker of the 80s it didn't die it, it died with everyone else but it didn't die with me kind of kind of attitude it is also it's also one of the things you notice in a lot of 80s dramas uh guy dudes in their early 30s like zamed uh at the time i assume he was in his or i don't know how old he was but essentially playing around that age but is still shell-shocked from nom that seems so far away to me yet doesn't that, it that would have been the time right yeah that and would- it seems it seems odd uh to be like wait he's too young well no actually and think of magnum magnum was in the same that mm-hmm. was the same character there were a lot of characters like that yeah and it i feel like that is in a representation of the united states getting over vietnam right is they had to have these characters on television getting over vietnam i thought it was really interesting to think like they had tj hooker have been in Vietnam at the beginning. Yeah. And then Zmed's character, Vince Romano, being in, in Vietnam at the end. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, Sh- just more on Shatner here. I just got a question. Maybe you can answer it. He's in full Shatner mode the entire time. There is no TJ Hooker affectation. It's straight up Shatner. And I wonder, do you think it's just 
at this point of his life. Cause I, I, cause again, I think there's a really nuanced portrayal happening in Boston legal. He's just Kirk and you can't shake it. Like, is it just simply that William Shatner as an actor is honed and good at the one character he does, but that's really it. At least well, at I this think point. Boston legal is an example against that, right? Right. It does go uh, against that. And, and also go back and watch him in the twilight zone. Hmm. Uh, and there's oh, the one with the thing on the plane. Yeah. Think, is it Hamlet that he did? There's a, a movie version of Shakespeare that he does oh, weird. in the 60s as well. And yes, it's still Shatner in both of those, but it's it's more like the Boston legal Shatner and this more nuance. I think what's going on here is definitely there's a good 10, 15, 20 percent. And this is true of most actors that is Shatner and it just can't not be Shatner. But this character is so similar to Kirk you see a lot of that Kirk character yeah. bleeding into him. But think about it. Kirk is a little more reserved. Sure. Kirk is a little more like he'll 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 squint the eyes and he'll he'll pause. TJ Hooker is very much in your face yeah. and he's not gonna pause and he's gonna tell you why you're an idiot. <laughs> right. And, and and so I feel like there there are differences, but because they're both leader roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that it's really easy to see the similarities for sure. A lot more uh, stuff like this. This isn't a high school social sandbaggers. Well, it's calling people sandbaggers. And, yeah, uh, and that's that's very unkirk. You wouldn't hear Kirk no. call people sandbaggers. Never. Not very often. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, it's interesting though. Just it's interesting to see a guy in his forties, I guess he'd have been trying to reinvent himself. I I don't know. I found that fascinating because and it, he was and the character you know. is kind of trying to reinvent himself too. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's got the, the ex-wife and he's, he's in it, wearing a uniform again. He's not a detective anymore. And mm. he even kind of does battle with a couple of detectives at one point. You one know? of my biggest problems with the episode was this idea that you could take, you know, essentially a bunch of rookies and they had a little training. They've done some running and jumping over walls and stuff. And they listened to him bark at him a bunch and they went to the bar yeah. together once. But then a murder happened and suddenly all 30 of them have to put on the uniform right. and roll out in a big giant procession <laughs> My goodness, cars. there's been a murder in LA. <laughs> what? This is we unprecedented. We need to all the rookies. <laughs> I just, I just kind of walked away going, uh, come well, on. Even less believable is that training exercise with the, with the gun that didn't have real bullets. Yeah. Like, no, that doesn't, that does not happen. He hired his big football buddy from a precinct yeah. over. And uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. And that guy, man, he's the worst cop ever. Don't keep working on him. He's done. Get him out. He couldn't pull the trigger to save his life. Shatner had a gun pointed at him, was shot at. I mean, it turned out to be fake, but come on. How bad of a cop is that other guy? (laughs) He's the worst I've ever seen. Also, Purple Stallions, worst gang name of all time. I am not frightened by the Purple Stallions. I don't know, man. Don't say that. You don't want the Purple Stallions on your... your They're still listening. They're they're pretty web-savvy now. They can... uh, yeah, they might be. I don't know. <laughs> Purple you know, the, Bringing it all back to the fact that we did not see April Clow at all. Nope. She shows up in the very next episode. I actually went, thankfully, because we had the DVD, I was able to go check and be like, yep, there she is. Uh, you barely see Richard Hurd. You can tell, I think, let me know what you think, that this episode was meant to set up an ensemble cast of several, not just Romano, but several of these rookies and follow them under Hooker's lead. Mm. And that would have been the protectors. Right. That, and that, that the I fact like. that they changed this to TJ Hooker and focused on Hooker is kind of the pilot. This is one of those examples of why we do autopilot because the pilot is very off mm. from where this episode is going to go. It's going to be very much about 
Hooker and Romano right. from here on out. And it, it, this is a lot about Hooker and Romano, but it's also about Hooker and these other guys. Right. And I think that's where they were headed. Kind of reminded me of the first season of Facts of Life when you have all the girls and then it narrows down <laughs> into the four later on. Yeah. This is like, you've got all you've got all the rookies. And then it, and I, I feel like that scene at the end where all the cop cars are, are spreading out, yeah. like if it had stayed the protectors, we would have seen shots from inside the car of each of the main rookie characters that we're going to carry on in the ensemble cast. Uh, yeah. But because it's now going to be TJ Hooker, we just see them all. Leave. If anyone ever says, Scott, can you please connect uh the facts of life with tj hooker i now have a way to do it. now you have <laughs> now you have a way to do that's it. really funny um Only from my twisted mind can you get that to sum it up i mean it's uh you know i, I do i agree with you about uh, most of what you said and i really i just feel like the show could have been better as a well maybe what i was looking for is more like a captain scenario where he's the captain and there, there he has a crew i mean it, it, very much maybe. like star trek or you know he's the malcolm reynolds of this ragtag fleet of of uh <laughs> cops rookie cops and you could have played it that way. I could have seen the series play out that way. Call itself the protectors and become that thing where he's just sort of, you know, he's still front and center, but he's the captain. And maybe that's what threw me off in this episode is in the rest of the series. I found it, I found it to be really draggy at points, mm. uh, which shouldn't be for a cop movie, for no. an exciting cop movie like this. Right. Um, Not a lot of exciting. One of my least favorite pilots of the season. Oh, looky there. I think it might be. Yeah. Well, maybe they got the rest of the season. So dig in. Let us know what you think. I really, 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 because they keep calling him Hooker. Yeah. I wanted I wanted somebody at some point to say, Hooker, please get me. So they had cut out Hooker, please. <laughs> Hooker, please. Uh, I like it. It's very nice. Um, all right. Well, let's find out uh, about this week's rap party. Well, you know, if you get caught with that gun, your parole is just going to be. Shut up. You promised you gave me your word that you go out and look for work. Where? That wife was so bad. So she bad. was bad. His character was like, I just like to shoot people. See, like, no motivation whatsoever, except that he's just bad. Yeah. You only have $17. Well, I'm going to shoot I'm you. I'm going to shoot you, even though the best thing to do is to be scary and tell all your friends to carry more cash. Like, right. what a weird... And this, and therein, like in the Hulk, we we found out why people uh, had, had reasons for not wearing seatbelts, because they'll get thrown from a car and live. <laughs> In T.J. Hooker, this is the source of all those stories. Like, you got to carry a lot of cash on you when you go into the city because the, the muggers will get mad yeah. if they if they rob you. It's, yeah. it's right out of this episode. I love it, man. It's good stuff. All right, today's wrap party. We You want to know what happened to Adrian's med? I know I do. He very quickly and very shortly after this bit of business left the show and made an album. And on that oh, album is too, right? yeah, he sure is. Like and on on, on that album you have uh, Adrian. It's called Adrian Zemed, always a rebel. <laughs> and uh, he's looking all sultry and kind of stupid on the front of that thing. And I want to say this is kind of the era of like, I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Kind of that whole time, mm. that, those yep. bad male ballady kind of singer dudes. And he decided he wanted a piece of that action. So here is a taste of Adrian Zemed singing. Always a rebel, and I'm just giving you a chunk here. And we're holding on. Yes, our love is strong. And we're holding on. Maybe nothing will go wrong. Always a rebel. <laughs> we will never Always a rebel. Always a rebel. Always a rebel. It's pretty, pretty bad. Uh, I don't recommend the whole thing. I think he thought he had a career. I think he thought he was going to take off and be the next 
Who's a good uh, analog? John Stamos, maybe, or what? Well, it's Springfield. I think you nailed it. Springfield, yeah. Daytime soaps to Corey sing. Corey Hart, maybe that kind mm-hmm. of. I don't know what that was. That that's a strange piece of '80s music time, but he is. Uh, he didn't go on to do much after that. So he's still working. Yeah, he's, he's still, still kicking. He's, yeah. he's making movies and stuff. But he's yeah, in he's, NCIS occasionally, or you know, he'll show up. He has up not and followed quite the same route as Heather Locklear. No, he has not. Well, what's she doing now? Is she doing anything? good drama. yeah she's she's been in stuff uh i'm trying you to know, think lots of stuff it's been a while since i've seen Thanks. anything with her in it but maybe i'm just not paying enough attention to what's going on in heather locklear's life but i can tell you this we're paying attention to what next week's episode is and by the way next week the final episode of this season of autopilot Ooh. Boo! don't worry we'll figure out what we're doing with four soon everybody but next week it's uh one of my favorite things we've watched. I'll, I'll just give you that little hint ahead of time. It's uh, Kolchak, the Night Stalker. Who's always a rebel. Not oh, Ko- Kojak, the Hair Stalker. Right, no. This is Kolchak. Kolchak. K-O-L-Chak. Very really different thing. Very different thing and uh, not connected in any way, uh, which is good to By learn. By the way, Heather Locklear currently mm-hmm. starring as Rachel King in Franklin and Bash. Ah, though, that show that's a huge runaway hit. It's, uh, and Melrose Place, the reboot, was the last thing she Oh, made. she's doing that too? She was that. I think that ended in 2010. She's uh, she looks great. Who is she married to that was famous? Uh, is it Tommy Lee or someone like that? I don't remember. Boy, every time I give you an act, uh, an answer, you come up with a new. I question. know, I got new questions. It just leads to the just leads to more questions. <laughs> uh, so yes, next week it's Kolchak, and this is uh, the the show with one of my favorite actors ever, Darren McGavin, and I'm really looking forward to it. So stay tuned for next week's Kolchak episode, The Night Stalker. Until then, find us on the web at autopilotshow.com. All of our seasons and episodes can be found there. You can email us at autopilotshow at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Scott Johnson, Tom at Ace Detect, and the show at Autopilot Show. That's going to do it for us, for me and for Tom. We'll see you next week. Call it in, Romano.